Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 286 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, Commander Phoenix of Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in this packed orange Sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our um, Lavian Space Program Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Head of Health and Safety, uh, Commander Aid Levice. I'm feeling all slimy. And, of course, we have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? Uh, in addition to that, we have various guests. We have um, Olivia Vesper, who will be... Re- uh, representing uh, Distant Wills and Fleet. That would be Olivia Vespera. That's the one. Yeah. Vesper, isn't Vesper kind of motorbike? Uh, It's a a moped, actually. Yeah. Yeah, hi. Hi. And uh, also, we welcome back Mac Winston from EIC. Hello. Yes. I've already screwed one name up. I had to make sure, doubly sure, that he was okay. Also, we have uh, JM Trax from Loose Screws. Hello, greetings. Greetings. And maybe Kai Zen as well, hiding in the background. Hey, this isn't where I park my car. Yes. So, um, greetings to you all. Um, Now, if you wish, we're actually not really hanging out live in-game. I think um, Commander Kurgle is about somewhere. I know Mac is somewhere around um, the leave station bar. I'm in-game. I just may or may not be streaming. Yeah, um, the internet does seem to be having bits of wobbles today, um, so we're, we're we're peering down to make sure that we can supply a high quality service. Mm. Yes, so but if you can't join us up in game, you can also join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can go to laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat, or just go straight to Twitch TV slash laveradio. So we'll quickly go, and I mean quickly, go around the team and see what they've been doing um, this week. Uh, and I think we'll we'll start with, um, uh, yeah, Commander Kurgle. Hey, um, yeah, I've been working. That's what I've been doing all week. And it's it's nice to come on and have a break and shoot some things. I'm currently in a res in Leasty, which isn't that far from live. If people want to come and find me, there's only really one res. And um, yeah, I'm shooting things, and it's fun. <laughs> cool, excellent. Um, okay, leaving Commander Kurgle for a second, then Commander Souverine. Uh, I have absolutely nothing to say. I've been um, uh, my my life has been um, mostly rooted to this chair, um, given <laughs> the given the lack of uh, going out and fraternizing that is going on nationwide. Um, I have been in, in game quite a lot, unsurprisingly. Um, I uh, I ordered some new Verpil desk mounts, so they arrived, and I've been um, mucking about with those. And um, uh, I've been uh, at Sagai, we've been um, uh, extending the, the, um, the, the benevolent influence of the free press um, at the end of our plasma accelerators. <laughs> Um, uh, throughout systems near Malaysia, which is uh, which has been great fun. So we, we, we're on a new campaign to take another system now. 
um, which we've tried twice before and been rebuffed twice before. I think it's because it's a Fed system, and the Feds assure me that they're not interested, but I think that at least some of the Feds may have decided that they quite like holding on to it. So uh, let's see if we're rebuffed again a third time. But we've been doing... um, We've been doing quite a lot of um, scenarios, so dropping in on the on the the CQC asset things that um, that you find littered around systems, and um, waiting for the commander. Can you help us? Somebody's trying to steal medical supplies or whatever, and then uh, and then sort of repelling the the attacks. And it's been brilliant. It's been super fun. I really like those scenarios. They're, they're, they're excellent additions, and they're very good for BGS because. Um, you get a, an influence boost as a result of resolving the scenario, and then you also have um, a load of bounty vouchers, which um, which you can hand in um, to further boost your um, uh, to further fulfil your aims. Um, and uh, and yeah, it, it's been it's been really really fun. Uh, I've been in a wing of three or four people um, quite a few nights this week, and it's been brilliant. Excellent, uh, Commander Shan. Hello. Um, haven't actually played. Hardly any elite this week. I've been busy finishing off Doom Two. In real not in real life, I was on the run from the police on Sunday, and I was terrified in Sainsbury's today. You were on the run from the police on Sunday. Well, what it was was there was a um, there was a a, a nice little walk from. Um, the village next to ours mm. and you, you park in a churchyard and you can like walk on a public footpath and then um you look out over a valley and there's a bench there and it's a great place for myself and mrs shan to sit down drink a coffee and just kind of enjoy fresh air away from completely nobody yes and uh so anyway went there on on uh on saturday great place went there again on sunday because thought well why not there's no one there and uh, we just caught the rear of a police car going up there, and the police have been everywhere, stopping and searching people for evidence that they're getting a shopping rather than just out of a drive. <laughs> so, right. so, it, so it sort of felt a bit like sort of on the run, you know, expected to be uh, asked in asked in the Germans for my ticket and then answer in English, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> And um, and yeah, in Tainsbury's, uh, need to pick some medicine up today. And they're like letting, well, first of all, you join the queue and there's like six feet apart. And there's like little hazard, biohazard style tape on the floor where you have to stand. So everyone stands in there rather rather quietly. And I'd, um, I wasn't taking any chances because I've got elderly parents and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I, I had my gloves on. I also managed to get hold of some N95 uh, face masks, you know, the, the proper antiviral ones. All right. So I, I put those on as well. So everyone was sitting there with scarves and other around their, around their faces and all sorts of stuff. And no one was talking. It was like, be, it was like being in the lift outside of Sainsbury's. Anyway, there's like 10 people in their time. Mm. And so there's 10 people in the huge Sainsbury's mega store. But you were getting so much hostile looks from people. You think you you were a murderer. So basically, everyone you saw thought you were a murderer, and would like because you away. had a mask and they had they all had scarves, something like that. Anyway, but it was just it was like really kind of and but the thing was though is they could be they could be murderers walking around Sainsbury's and not know it. So yeah, I'm not going to Sainsbury's again. Not till this is over. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> bit odd there. Um, ben, what have you been up to? <laughs> well, 
Not murdering I, I, people. Right? No. Um, check I think it. it's actually it's a really interesting compromise there because I went off. I, I went into Lidl to, uh, on Sunday, um, and they were doing exactly the same thing, but all the people in Lidl were really nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying there's some kind of people who shop in Lidl versus people who shop in Sainsbury's thing here, but you know, everyone they were still keeping distance and things like that. But there was very much of a us against the virus attitude and that kind of thing versus I'm a selfish bastard and you're all like to try to kill me. Um, and have you done anything in game? Um so in game stuff I've been I've been one of the people helping spread the free press with Suv. Excellent. Um so that that's been a lot of fun. And another thing just purely out of trying something different basically um i got the stanley parable on epic for nothing the other week uh and i'd heard good things about it so i was like i'll give that a try mm-hmm. and i have to admit i i played a few iterations of it shall we say and i really enjoyed it and it's it's kind of thing that if i go off and do a stream again i might see if people watching the stream want to talk me through the stanley parable and i'll follow what they want to do because uh, I think it could be quite fun for an interactive stream kind of thing. You know, and I love the narrator in that game. It's it's really good. And it's, there were some genuine dark humour, laugh out loud moments that I really appreciated. Uh, and I did go outside in it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right. Um, well, we, we do have quite a lot of guests with us, so um, we'll quickly uh, talk to them. So um, we'll, we'll start with uh, Mac. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. What have you been up to? Well, I've had a week and a half off, which is very nice. So, of course, uh, we're all the weather's been absolutely beautiful, and we're all out on lockdown. It's it's been absolutely pouring with rain in the previous months. We get some nice weather, and we're stuck inside. Well, um, well, apart from our one regulation, get out and exercise a day. So I've been getting out on my bike every day, uh, making sure I do that. But other than that, in game, uh, been on the Orion expedition, and um, that's been going pretty well. Uh, we had our last meetup on Sunday, and nobody exploded, um, which was which was better than this. Pretty good performance by you know, pretty good going for us when no one explodes. Uh, in just over two weeks, it's uh, Saturday the 11th, we're actually meeting up with the Perseus Reach Expedition. So the two expeditions have uh. a common waypoint. And so the Perseus Reach is that uh, there are small ships only expedition. So um, there'll be all our filthy anacondas and what have you, um, squashing their sidewinds and what have you. But um, I, I'm actually in a small ship. I'm, I'm fly- it's my alt account. I'm flying a dolphin, which is it's actually an br- absolutely brilliant explorer. I, I, I'm really loving the dolphin. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that'll be a bit of bit of fun. Uh, other than that, I've, I've, because cause I've been off and we didn't go anywhere, I've, I've had, uh, to be honest, a bit of a nerdgasm. I've been... Uh, Spending the last week playing with a bit of electronics, um, basically playing with my radios. I set up a, um, I set up a ten meter high erection in my garden, and um, been sort of uh, building a, a little circuit powered by my Raspberry Pi to uh, to control the radio. So I've been having a bit of fun with that. Just worked, just did the software today. Uh, had a had a, a quality session with the GNU debugger. Which was, which is, it's always good fun when you when you figure something out. So, anyway, that's been my week, really. 
not very eventful, but quite enjoyable. Quick question, Mac. Is this... Uh... These are the expeditions that were recently featured in Sagai, weren't they? Yep. Yeah, the, the two, the the Orion and Perseus region, they're, they're kind of related because, um, well, because of the common waypoint and we're kind of going over similar, gra- we're, we're not quite in the same region of space, but we've got a big o- overlap, hence the, uh, hence the yeah. meetup. Uh, although, awesome. although they're ending up in, I think they're going all the way up to, uh, Olivia probably knows what the system's called, the one up past Beagle Point where you're the furthest out. Oh god! Um, I'm sorry. The lighthouse. It shouldn't reach or something, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's reach. It's the one beyond Beagle Point, whatever that one's called. Uh, I can never remember what it's called. Uh, whereas we'll 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 ultimately end up at um, Sage. So that's that. Right, um, Olivia. Uh, welcome to the show. And uh, what have you been up to? Um, IRL or or game wise? Both. Uh, both. Whichever you prefer. Okay. Well, um, lately I've been, lately I've just been getting on with life, um, IRL kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, not, not been doing much, just been really, really happy and content. Um, <laughs> the situation isn't as bad, um, where I am in, um, the new folks. I'm from Singapore, by the way, so we've been actually pretty okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, there are people wearing masks and all that, but it's not, not as bad as, um, where you focus from. Um, but yeah, um, in game, I'm still at uh, Big Point. Um, probably the best place to be at this point. <laughs> I, um, um, beyond that, I've been playing a lot of uh, Frostpunk and um, watching the other game, Satisfactory, because there's been a new update for that game. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, um, we're going to now turn to, to our... Our friends over the other side of the Atlantic. Um, so we have uh, JN Trax from the Loose Group podcast. How have you been? Uh, I'm hanging in there. We're. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I feel uh, I have felt magnificently busy because of, from having the family home and everybody's not allowed to go anywhere and schools are closed and stuff. And I typically work from home anyway, but it's been. Um, uh, surprisingly disruptive anyway. Um, but i managing to kind of keep everything in line and I, I'm not sure if my, my, uh, mini tracks is going to be out here with me at some point. Depends. We're all ba- bouncing off of different childcare, <laughs> my wife and I taking care of her. Um, but in game I've been doing, we, we have our distant screws expedition that's been going on now. And, um, actually, the next episode is tonight in just a few hours after the show will end. And we're going to be uh, landing at Sagay. And actually, tonight's a little bit is, is a special one because we're going to be having uh, our uh, memorial for uh, 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 Evelyn, um, Commander Jello Wiggler's uh, daughter. We're going to gather and people are going to kind of... Uh, toss some things into the the big black hole so um hopefully that will be uh i don't i don't know i don't know what it'll be it it will be uh, uh sad and important and um we'll all be together so that's what we're thinking about today among all the other stuff that's going on 
I guess that's been me for the past several okay. weeks. <laughs> for several weeks, yeah. Uh, and of course, hiding in the background is Kaizen, also from the Loose Screws podcast. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, just pretty much the same thing as tracks. Uh, I won't be landing at SAG A because uh, I got to stick around to hear about some fleet carriers coming up later. Uh, so I definitely don't want to go into a black hole, but pretty much the same thing. Uh, and, uh, and I've been, uh, working on, uh, trying to bake my own bread based off of, uh, <laughs> Psycho Cow's, uh, uh, great explanation in the last Lave Radio episode. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's, it's funny how we're all turning to survival techniques right now. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll, quickly, um, I'll, I'll just go over what I've been up to in game. Um, uh, the the power play thing got took a very interesting turn um, this Sunday because um, uh, ADL, my, the power that I back, is now trying to take over one six nine Cicanus Major. Now the problem Isn't that, that I've got. Yep. What did I say? I said ADL. <laughs> ADL. Oh, for goodness' sake, ALD. Yes. Thanks for the correction, Ben. Um, and because it was uh, an expansion. Uh, there was a, a. It was the busiest I have ever seen it, and I'm I'm talking not uh, busier than um, uh, basically CGs. Is it was busier than Shinata Dresra, and I I couldn't believe it at the, how many commanders were there, and I had a great time avoiding uh, interdictions, trying to get my my runs in, trying to get into um, the crime sweep zones which basically are, are just combat zones, but um, it, it was fantastic. And uh, even Commander Roughroad tried to kill me, which was, he managed to get hold of me and uh, it came within 5% of, of totaling me. And he was only in a T6. So I've, I've got a lot of practicing to do. Um, but I thought, oh, hang on, does this happen every single time that uh, a power is an expansion that all the other powers come and, and try and muck it up. And um, I found out, unfortunately, no. It turned out that that particular system had turned out to be one of those gold rushes for low-temperature diamonds. So everybody was heading there for low-temperature diamonds, as well as the, my power. So we had a whole load of pirates mixing it up with power players, and, and uh, it was an absolute hoot, though. <laughs> I, I've never seen that many players in a in a single instance at the, at one time. I, I guess it got lucky. Have you been out on your bike recently? Why do you ask? Oh yes, my one a day exercise is my bike. Why? Well, because I had I tried an experiment on my bike on Friday. In that, because one of the roads we go close by is very popular with cyclists. Yes. So I. I decided. I decided. Wonder. I wonder what would happen if I cycled really slowly because they can't overtake because they have to keep within six feet of you. <laughs> right. So. So basically, you were trolling in real life then. Well, I wanted to see whether the cyclists would like get fed up of being behind me and overtake within the six feet distance and then feel worried because I have a face mask on. You see, at the time, so just to kind of make the effects. So I'm just wondering whether or not you could try it. Just cycle really slowly and see if anyone overtakes you. Oh, I've had people over, uh, overtake me all the time. So it it wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't work. Not in Manchester. 
Honestly, sometimes on the psychopaths, it feels like the Tour de France. Well, maybe the police drones have got them then. Uh, well, I thought that was only Derbyshire. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> they haven't been uh, using drones here. Take your children and yourself and hide it in the cellar, because by now the fighting will be close at hand. <laughs> oh, no. Someone's got a very optimistic look on life there. Um, Olivia, do you want to jump in there? No, I'm happy. Carry okay. on. Fair enough. Um, also, we we should point out, um, we should say hello to Commander Ventura, who's ha- uh, who's uh, doing our sound and technical stuff tonight. So, hello, Commander Ventura. S- hello. Right. Well, now that we've we've introduced everybody and taken, let's say, a little while to do so, um, we might as well just go straight into the 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 meat and potatoes and that is our main discussion we have had some development news and at long last the fleet carrier content reel reveal announcement has been made now we haven't got all the details we will get a video this thursday um but we did get enough to actually um uh, to discuss uh, uh the new content so um just quickly, um, I'm quite sure that everybody um, who's listening to this has already seen this kind of stuff. But um, there are what we do know at this moment is fleet carriers are going to cost five billion credits. They are individually owned. Uh, they feature 16 landing pads of varying sizes for other players to dock at, not just you. They use a new fuel called I tri- Tritium. Uh, that jumps from system tritium. to system. Does any, is it tritium? Say, is it tr- tritium or tritium? Tritium. I thought it was tritium. Tritium, because yeah. it's a um, isotope of, hod- of hydrogen. Yeah, hydrogen, deuterium, tritium. Right. I, it's not. So it's a real thing, not a made up in them. It's a, it's three H. Yeah. Three H. Right. Gotcha. Um, these fleet carriers have a maximum range of at a time, but they have the ability to jump whenever the owner wants. However, there is a build-up and cool-down period between jumps. That's not really uh, when the owner wants, then. Well, it's not It's not like on the tick, is it? It's no, not once know. a week on the Thursday. We don't know. No, it's when you schedule it. It's when you schedule it, that's what they're saying. Um, and you can manage your carrier's finances by setting tariffs and adjusting buying and selling prices for commodities traded in its market. Now, also, we ha- we did get additional information from, uh, uh, from PC Gamer uh, and uh, other things. Uh, basically... There is an upkeep cost for these carriers, um, and if the owners consistently fall behind on these upkeep costs, the fleet carriers might be decommissioned and sold for parts. Now, this has seemed to be a bit of a uh, of a sticking point on the forums, um, and I think we'll be discussing that quite in quite a lot of depth. So. Starting with, I think let's start off with Commander Shan because he wants to, he wants to let loose. So we'll start with Commander Shan. What do you think? Okay, well, I want to start off with a positive note in that it does seem as though um, fleet carriers are going to be more than just a place to dock your ships and 
take your ships around. So that's that for me is a plus point because that's good. I, I think that's a good idea. Um, the cost of five billion, it, I think, is too low. <laughs> and the reason why I say it's too low is because it links in with, I believe, the um, upkeep costs. And to be honest, I am not a huge fan of upkeep costs and everything because, as I'm sure we'll come on to, it seems as though you are being punished for not playing the game. And uh, yes, you can make a hundred million an hour or whatever it is, but people still have worked or played the game for many years to get their money for a fleet carrier. And to have that amount of effort negated because they decide to play another game for a while and come back to it, it just seems to be um, silly. Um, I don't recall there being a modern game that has an upkeep on um, player assets in this way. Um, but the reason why I say I think they are too, they're too cheap is because if the idea is to reduce the number of fleet carriers, i.e. when it starts off, you buy thousands of them and they're everywhere and then uh, they get abandoned. If you, that is the idea, there are better ways of doing that than taking players' progress away. One of them is to make them rarer. So if you make them more expensive, you have less of them. The, the other way is just to simply mothball them and don't show them on the screen if a player hasn't logged in for a, a month and then they come back when the player logs in again. There's a completely no need to take the progress away from them. So I'm sure we'll go on to the uh, the upkeep in a bit more detail, but the other thoughts I've got... Oh, 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 oh. Okay, well, I'm going to introduce you there, okay. and I'm going, to bring, I'm going to bring other people in for the moment. Um, okay. Kai, do you want to come in first? Sure. Uh, I don't dispute the points that Shan just made, but I would point out that he's making several assumptions there that I don't think you can make just yet. When you say that this upkeep cost idea is going to punish players for playing other games, we have no clue what the exact amounts of the upkeep costs are going to be. If the upkeep cost, because Frontier specifically stated in their tweet on the matter when somebody was trying to sort of get everyone outraged over it, Frontier said, hey, relax, it's going to be small, it's not going to be a big deal, it's not going to be punishing, it's not going to be the end of the world. So if you're somebody that can afford a $5 billion credit down payment and the upkeep cost is something that is small, which we've yet to hear exactly what it is, then it's not really punishing anyone. That's all I was going to say about that. Okay, Olivia, do you want to go next? Yeah, I completely agree with Kai. We don't know enough about how the carriers are going to be handled. You know, it seems like uh, Frontier are going to be forgiving and give you a lot of chances to pay, to pay the upkeep. At least that's what they say in the tweet. And to be honest, the whole point of having these three carriers, not only to own it, is to um, like park it somewhere where it can earn money on its own. To earn it, you're not keep. You know, if you're not if you're not using your big carry, that what are you using it? Okay, Mac, do you want to jump in there? I think it also it also depends how what what the consequences are for 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 the upkeep so in our in our little sort of internal discussions in the eic we've um 
there's speculation it could be a complete nightmare, Rhett, but as Kai says, we, we we just don't know yet. We're still we're still in a bit of an information black hole at the moment about it. But it it if it, if it means you lose your entire five billion investment, then it's going to be. It's, yeah, I, I think they'll put a lot of people off. If it's going to just mean like services get shut off and you need to restart them or you get most of your money back, it's probably not quite so bad. But actually from the upkeep point of view, because they've always, they, back in the past, they've mentioned there's going to be three types of carriers. We're going to have the, 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 the trading one, the, the ones to support piracy battles, etc., and the exploration ones. Now, when you're out uh, on a five-month expedition, you're not, while when you're actually exploring, you're not actually earning anything. So how is upkeep going to work with the exploration-flavored carriers? That's my big question because they have to be self-sufficient for a long time. <laughs> okay, we'll go back to Shan and then quickly over to Sovereign. Okay, I, I just wanted to touch briefly on the point about the, we don't know the amounts. Yes, you're completely correct. We do not know the amounts. However... Um, there's a couple of things I want to say about the amounts. First of all, if they are insignificant, then there's no point having them at all because, hey, if it's 100 credits a week, then so what? Uh, the other thing is it's around the principle of it. So um, Stephen answered the Yannick's question, and it basically said that while fleet carriers require weekly up keep the crew and enable carrier services, there's a number of options which allow owners to earn credits to cover the ongoing cost of fleet carrier. And they go on to say about debt and decommissioning. So that implies you would lose your fleet carrier. And it's not something that would happen if the player hasn't incurred a huge amount of debt. Well, to be honest, the thing about a debt is it has to be paid. It's like your credit card company saying, oh, don't worry about your credit card bill. We'll increase your credit limit. And, you know, it's like saying, oh, don't worry about how much debt you do, you get, because it's just a lot. But you've still oh. got to pay it. Okay. Um, we'll go to Sovereign next. Yeah, so I really, really don't like the idea of upkeep in Elite Dangerous because um, I want to be able to put the game down for a few weeks and come back without penalty. However, uh, Frontier have never in seven years of running the game have they behaved, um, have they intimated or made any decisions that um, that look like they will turn Elite into the kind of game that penalises you for not playing for a while. They, they, don't, they don't manage it like that. They never have done... Um, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. There are lots of different implementations that could mean that this does not that this does not function as punishment for not logging in for a while. Okay, Ben. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, getting onto Shan's thing as well. I bet you, if Shan ran Wotherspoons, he'd be the guy who fired all the staff by tweet, didn't he? Shan does run Wotherspoons. <laughs> uh, but to be oops. If I ran my fleet carrier what i would actually like is the ability to say hey guys i'm disappearing off for a few weeks you're all fired and i'll see you when we get back <laughs> um yeah, so i would if i can essentially reduce my fleet carrier's outgoings to zero by firing all my members of staff not having any not having it jumping anywhere so there's no wear and tear um, not having any fuel costs, my outgoings would be, if not zero, then very, very low, I'd imagine. And if that's the case, so what? 
Um, now, obviously, if I'm maintaining all my services and it's costing me £1 billion a week, then yes, that might go into debt rather quickly. But if I can stop, if there's a way for me to stop that before I disappear off on holiday, then I'm all right with that. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> every, everybody's wanting to talk about this one. Um, Kurgel. Yeah, I um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I kind of agree with Shan. <laughs> um, I, I really don't like the idea of an upkeep, but I do think, like Ben said, if they give you some options for maybe mothballing your ship for a week, then or some period of time, and there's a way you can take yourself out of the maintenance and it becomes inoperative, rather than it just goes pop after you don't pay the maintenance for enough time. That's that's good. I remember back to like Star Wars Galaxies, the MM, mm-hmm. like the really old Star Wars MMO, and that really yep. killed player structures like player cities in the game were all paid with upkeep and maintenance and people would go on holiday for a month or they'd take a break from the game for six weeks and you just see a huge swathe of property vanish overnight and uh, that kind of worries me a bit and especially for people exploring if you're doing a long haul exploration trip or like distant world style expedition that takes six or nine months if you don't have a way of generating the income to keep your upkeep going the fleet carrier is going to pop halfway through the expedition. They, I'm not saying that there won't be solutions for them because Frontier haven't done their big reveal yet, but all those kind of things are a nagging worry for me. Well, um, just to point out, they have, um, in both the press release and here, they've said that the carrier can generate funds. So if those funds can be used to offset... I mean... They have, but if those funds are like from people trading with your ship and you're taking your fleet carrier on a distant world-style expedition, is anyone going to be generating profit on your ship? Mm. Okay. That's my sort of worry. Okay, Kai. So just, again, I feel like it's probably a good idea. We have enough problems in the world not to get upset about things that we don't have the details on yet to be upset about because it's just one of those situations where you're borrowing problems that you don't need to in an exact tweet from the frontier development elite dangerous official account on march 26 i'm reading word for word we've lots of new features to share with you in our upcoming stream including how the decommission system works spoiler you need to incur a all caps huge debt for that to happen and our devs know that you'd want to go on vacation from time to time exclamation point I really think this is a tempest in a teapot. This is not going to be an issue once people finally hear the information. Okay. Um, we, we'll go to tracks. How are you? Uh, yeah, I, I think I he's saying uh, largely what I was going to say. You know, the idea is you, you don't know what hasn't been announced yet. And the whole point of this seems to be very uh, economic- based right like and and as far as the the upkeep costs and things like that it has to be balanced against it it generating its own funds or it wouldn't be fun to have right and this is a game so it seems to me that at at worst it will be something that might need a balance pass after it's a month into the game and we see whether it's 
truly realistic to maintain the costs as they are, you know, but we're, you know, we're hoping that they would have set the upkeep costs to be reasonable compared to what kind of income they could generate. But, it, you know, with all the, the, the different services and things like that and talk, talk about uh, setting tariffs and the commodities, you know, and stuff like that, I, I think this all seems to be very economics based. So I don't, I'm not anticipating that to be a huge problem and being able to, you know, ha- the, the de- decommissioning system and things like that and, and saying that like they can be used for exploration services, you know, that betrays that they are obviously thinking about people who are on expeditions and out exploring uh, also having these or using them. So the thought has crossed their minds. Hopefully they've had a good idea about it, right? Right. I will, I'll, I'll just interject at this point because um, some more details that we know is that um, we have two betas coming up. The first is on the 7th of April. Um, so basically um, two weeks. Is it, or is it? No, it's next week. Next week, in fact, um, at the same time as this show, there will be um, a beta for the... Uh, for the fleet carrier, uh, and uh, one things that um, they have specified, this already said, is that they are using these beta periods to um, alter any of these initial proposals so that it's more smooth. It is it's a smoother transition. So if they find that they've, they've set these tariffs or weekly things too high, then they're going to they're going to look at it. Um, we do know that the the first beta and the seventh is PC only, but the second beta in May will be across all platforms. So, um, right, Mac, we'll head back to you, and then Olivia after that. Yeah, um, where was I? I forgot my point out. No, 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 no. Here, here we go. I've actually got it written down. Um, the, the, there's we, we've had some thoughts about this, and. The thing is, Elite Dangerous, apart from buying ships, doesn't really have much in the way of credit sync. So <clears throat> this could potentially be also the, the, the upkeep way of a, a way of a way of giving people a credit sync. Um, of course, it depends how it's it's uh, implemented. We'll have to we'll have to see in the beta. And it does look at least they've got a they they do have a longer beta period um, than they've historically had in the past. And with the the Xbox beta as well, that's hopefully. Hopefully that bodes. That hopefully that bodes well. Anyway, so yeah, that's all I have to say. Okay, uh, Olivia. Uh, before we head back to Shan, uh, just let me find the um, quote. Okay, so um, my general point. I just want to touch on what Kerbo said about uh, earning credits on expeditions. I think I think it's likely that you'll be able to earn credits during expeditions because you will have the um, exploration photography. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah, you would have that. So I think you can earn money with explorers coming and selling their data. Um, but just a, a, a bigger point, you know, we as players of Elite Dangerous, we are not people um, as short-term um, planners. You know, when we buy a ship, we don't just buy the ship chassis. We think about buying all the modules that go into our ship. Otherwise, when we fly out, it's not going to last or it gets destroyed. You know, when we buy a fleet carrier, we're not just going to have the money just to buy a fleet carrier. We're going to be thinking about upkeep for at least a couple months. You know, yeah. we should have enough credits to ensure that it's around for <laughs> several months. You know, and given that we have so many ways of 
earning money really quickly, I don't think it's going to be a, a huge problem as you were. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, we're going to head back to Shan now. So, Shan? Okay, I, I want to sort of move away slightly from the what could potentially be quite a heated discussion over what debt means. I mean, for me, debt means you have to pay it. And the carriers will mean you accrue debt even if you're not logged on. But the other thing we touched on was about the being able to set prices for commodities mm-hmm. and things. Uh, and I'm hoping they answer this on Thursday. Because, yes, I think we kind of get the idea we have our own commodity market and we can set prices. Now, are those prices going to be within the bounds allowed for the economic state of that system? Or are we, as the owners, going to have to haul the commodities you want to sell? So basically, we have to fill the carrier full of the stuff we want to sell. So let's say you want to sell low-temperature diamonds. We have to source low-temperature diamonds and then sell them from the carrier. So, And also, the system is going to need a degree of, of float. So what I mean by that is you're going to have to put credits in the system to be able to buy stuff and sell stuff to players. Is that going to be a mechanic or will the game all of a sudden magically create commodities and credits once you've got a carrier? Because a proper economic system doesn't just invent money in commodities just for the sake of it. You have to put something in the system to get something out. And for me, more possibly than the um, upkeep system, do I really want to be a Tesco's supply lorry filling up my carrier for the goods each week just to sell it? Or is that going to be taken, taken care of? So it's those mechanics I'm interested to know about. The other question I have regarding the carriers is, though, is what happens if there are, say, 50 carriers in the system? And yes, each carrier will get their own instance, but does how do you then make sure your carrier is the one they go to other than entering into some kind of race to the bottom price-wise. And people are sort of assuming they generate money and blah, 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 which they may well do, but they may well not. And it's those sort of things I'm keen to find out. Well, um, I mean, this is one thing that uh, we we can speculate on, but um, I do believe everyone assumes that they're going to be uh, uh, persistent and We've yet to see how they're going to manage the persistence. Um, from what we understand it, we uh, we know that they're indestructible and you can't destroy another person's or even drive off another person's carrier. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit until we get more information. Uh, and uh, yeah, Kai. Okay, so just to be clear, we actually, and I, I totally agree with you that that's what we knew, but just to be explicit, we don't even know that. That was the information that we knew as of the last rework, which was a couple months ago. We need to get the information Thursday. I agree with you that that's probably still the case, but we don't have that explicitly stated at this time. We knew that that was the case, but it was since reworked. Some things may have changed. We won't know until Thursday. Yes, although I must admit, I suspect that quite a few things have changed. Uh, but we will just have to wait and see. Okay, uh, Shan, you want to take that back up? 
Yeah, I was just looking at some comments um, regarding, well, the game needs a credit sync. Well, yes, it does need a some things for rich players to do with their credits. However, I would argue, I would argue against it doesn't at the moment need a credit sync, as in credit disappearing off into the ether for whatever reason, because at the moment it's not a player-driven economy. And you could argue, well, maybe carriers are turning it into that. But my caution with that is, is that games that try and tag on a player-driven economy that have not been designed to have a player-driven economy tend to be in a real state after a while with hyperinflation and gaming system and things like that. So it's, I don't think we need a credit sink as in for taxes and money disappearing from the circulation, but we do need things for rich players to spend their money on and feel as though they have been rewarded for earning that money. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. Okay. Um, well, Let's move on from the uh, the maintenance and the rebuy issues because I think that um, we've gone over that in great detail and and until we have more information on Thursday, um, we'll just be uh, eating our own tail. So let's move on to the price of um, uh, fleet carriers. Um, JNTrax, do you think it's it's about right? Uh, it seems that way to me. It's a lot more money than I have. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think the initial price is a credit sink. Um, I just, I just can't imagine that. I know you, you wanted to move on from the upkeep. I, I can't personally imagine that the upkeep itself is going to be something you're going to need to fund by doing other things in the game. I, you know, like your fleet carrier needing to constantly be fed like a dog uh doesn't seem realistic but you know let's see what we have but i mean five five billion is uh more than five times what i have in the bank right now <laughs> so it's you know it does seem like end game content price wise to me yeah maybe, maybe i'm poor <laughs> um yeah i agree with crack here that you know what i don't have five billion in in my bank account. I don't even think I have that in all of my assets. Um, it's, it's a high amount, but it's not an unreachable amount. And there are a certain number of people who do have uh, an amount that high who who can now get these. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, that's all I have to say about that. Carry on. Okay, Kurgel. The thing I'm interested to find out, I don't have any fixed opinions on this, but is did the price of them does that include the modules you're going to have? Or is it going to be like outfitting an anaconda where once you've finished spending all your money making it how you want it, it's going to be three times the cost? Yeah, well, that, that was one of the things that um, we've been working on before, isn't it? It's uh, one of those, um, we've made the assumption that, uh, yeah, that's for the base carrier. But if we want it to do more things, hang on. <laughs> If you want to to do more things, then it's going to cost a heck of a lot more. Um, personally, again, it, this we're, we're kind of half strung, hamstrung a little because we don't know how much these new additions are going to cost. Um, Kai. So the exact wording on the announcement says very, very specifically five billion at launch, which to me indicates that, yes, there's going to be some additional cost of some kind for modules or for, I don't know, however they work this out. 
But I mean, like historically, in the existing ships in the game, the majority of the money I sink into like anything bigger than I don't know, maybe a Cobra, you're spending more money on modules than you are on the hull. And I, I'm ju- I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just interested to see what the balance split's going to be between outfitting a carrier and making the initial purchase. Olivia, do you want to... Oh, hang on. Sorry. Sovereign. Sorry about that. That's okay. No worries. Um, So, yeah, the price. I think it is about right. Uh, Why do I think it's about right? The... um, When we were talking about um, player wealth uh, a few shows back, we... um, Somebody very helpfully um, told us that I think, and this is from memory, that about... Only about 7% of players registered on on Anara had more than a billion um, credits in assets. Uh, I think that was about it. Um, obviously, Anara is a self-selecting group of quite dedicated players, so you can you can assume that um, that the, the, the proportion is is smaller in the general population. Um, so, a very small percentage of players are going to be able to afford fleet carriers, unless uh, everybody goes nuts and goes mining and, and d- decides they definitely want one. Um, I think that is a good thing because I don't think fleet carriers are going to dramatically expand. Um, Gameplay. I think they will. They will be a great efficiency gain and a a real convenience item for people. But I don't think they'll they'll open up new avenues of gameplay in the same way that, for example, the the SRV does or um, or passenger missions or anything like that. They won't they won't give us entirely new ways to interact with the game. They'll they'll be things that make our experience more convenient. Um, and uh, and I also think that people are discounting how much um, benefit players will be able to get from carriers that they don't own. These are, the Frontier keep saying things about these being um, these affecting the way we play with each other as well as, as, well as the way we play on, on our own. Um, I think fleet carriers, they're called fleet carriers. Um, obviously, they, they were originally thought uh, conceived as a, as a squadron asset. I think there's going to be a real social aspect to owning them, and the players who don't own one will still be able to get the benefit of them, especially seeing as they're persistent assets that, that remain in the game throughout um, different game modes. So I think, um, I think the price is... Absolutely spot on, um, and I think that people probably, um, and, and also that I think that it's important that we have expensive things to aspire to in an online game that doesn't have a, a clear sixty-hour lifespan. Um, so I think that it would be wise for uh, for people to remember that they're not just for the benefit of the person who buys them. Um, everybody will, you know, your mates will be able to benefit from the fleet carrier that you own, and if you if you have friends who own one, then you'll potentially get the benefit of that as well. Um, okay, uh, just quickly, Kai, and then we'll. Uh, <laughs> and I've got lots of people to choose from. Sure. Um, so, just responding to that, and with the, the loadout question, we see uh, in the initial statement they say we've done this by adding more loadout options to make your carrier unique, and to respond directly to Souverain, and allow for player-to-player interaction like you've never seen before in Elite. When you take this along with the last statement of you can manage your carrier's financing by setting tariffs and adjusting the buying and selling prices for commodities traded in its market. And you add that to the Brucey bonus where he said there will be new and innovative mechanics that innovative mechanics that we've never seen before. I, I think we have an announcement right here of a player to player market, which is, you know, I, I, I don't see any other way. This blows my mind because this was not something at all that I was expecting. But when you take these facts and you put them together, I don't see any other way to look at it. Excellent. Good, good point. Um, Olivia. So just to segue a little um, about the pricing of the, um, the fleet carriers, you know, 
that's not the only pricing we might have to pay. I, I can see that there's going to be some cosmetics for your free carrier and how much that's going to cost on the uh, fancier store. Because you know there's going to be cosmetics for your free carrier. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, there, there's going to be um, uh, cosmetics. They've already said that you can customize your um, your fleet carrier how you like, which normally will mean cosmetics available from the Frontier store. Not just cosmetics. It'll um, it'll also be uh, it'll also it'll also likely be all the, the modules. Uh, probably not engineering, but um, but the same gamut of modules that we um, that we have for the ships. I think will probably be uh, available to customize Ooh. carriers with. I, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think you can buy modules from the Frontier store. Oh, no, sorry. No, I, did, I didn't mean that. Yeah, okay. Just to clarify, because that's one thing they've always said um, they're never going to do, just in case. Yeah, no, you are right. Um, right, can we... Oh, I've lost track. Um, Shan, I think. Yes, I was just... As we're going through all these mechanics and things like that, I really hope they give us a long enough beta to be able to work out a cycle um, and do a cost-benefit analysis of them. Well, maybe maybe you won't, but I will. I will be doing cost-benefit analysis of them. Because, <laughs> you and MSB are going to be getting your spreadsheets out, aren't you? Well, well the thing is, though, if, uh, for, for example, are they going to put the real prices in for the beta? Uh, and is the upkeep mechanic and the market mechanic and all stuff, is that going to be feature complete? Because that has a big say on whether or not people go for a carry or not. Now, I know... If they reduce them to, I don't know, 100 million each or whatever it is on for the beta, we're going to get a billion carriers everywhere and it'll skew the figures. But still, they need to give us a long enough beta to be able to test the mechanics, give proper reasoned feedback on the mechanics. And because we've got a while, we've got three months, it's not out till June, is it? And there's another beta as well. So I just hope they don't give us like another two or three days just to kind of get have a taste of it and then take it away. This needs a proper testing. Yeah. Because there's uh, a can of worms being opened here. Right, Ben. I just want to do a quick poll, actually, of, of everyone first. Is how many out of here, just to show of hands, who thinks we're going to get a player-driven economy with this or not? Um, so I'll start with Mac. Well, it'd be nice. Uh, but years and years and years ago, uh, David Braben and co said... Oh, we'll never have a we'll never have a system in Elite Dangerous where you can sit and generate passive income. But this all the pointers in what 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 we know so far about the fleet carriers says indeed they are now starting to um, starting to approach the idea that there can be some things which will earn you money without having to actually buy a spaceship from A to B. Uh, which, if you think of it, all the, everything you do now to make money involves you can't sit back and do it. You have to fly a spaceship from A to B, or maybe drive your SFV around a bit, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll see. It'll, it'll, be, else, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Just as a yes or no, anybody else think that we're going to get a player-driven economy? Yes, that. Yeah, uh, I, I think we'll get... I, I think there is a, a, a spectrum between no player-to-player commerce and an entirely player-driven player-driven economy. We are not going to get EVE Online overnight. What we will get is a limited way in which players can affect each other's commerce. Um, I definitely don't think what we'll have is a true player-to-player economy. Totally agree anyone think we're not going to get that? Anyone thinks it's going to be completely... You know, we're, not, we're not getting any, any kind of player-driven thing. It's just, we're, it's just going to be a normal economy 
as it would be in any station in that system. I I actually I think it's a little bit more like it, it's definitely like player to player. I'm curious to see whether it NPCs and like system state will affect that without players being specifically involved, but it seems it seems to me like all of these points could be sort of rolled into one. Like it's a it's a money sink where if you have a ton of credits, you have a ton of assets in the game, you can buy this asset, which can then interact for you and be more of a generator for more of that stuff in, in the same way that like having a cutter can make you more money if you're a miner than having a Python will. So actually following on for that, I mean, does it, do we think that... NPCs will use our mega ships as well, or do you think it'll just be players? So curious to know. Yeah, that, would, awesome would, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I think. Well, Frontier have said that the majority of the economy in game is by NPCs. So if they're going to show up and start using our facilities, that might just mean that even NPCs will just pay for pay for our ships, and we don't need to worry about it. Uh, but that's another thing. Anyway, I think they were the only questions that I always wanted to ask folks unless anyone wants to dive in on that point okay Uh, well in that case we'll we'll just we'll we'll follow through in this one so Olivia next then Kai and then we'll we'll come down to everyone else so maybe some of you know but I don't know if you know but I've written like two or three forum posts about the about player driven economies in Elite Dangerous and how we could implement it, and the issues with the credit system and the hyperinflation that we, we face with it. And if we are to have, let's say we have a player from the economy in Elite, it, it can't work with the credit system because credits are generally worthless to end game players. And most players are for a certain point. So if they do have a player-driven economy, I don't imagine they can use credits as currency. But I don't know if they'd be willing to invest in creating a, a separate uh, currency that can be tradable to each other. Mm. Yeah, that's that's how I, I I see it. So I'm not quite sure. I I hope it's a player-driven economy because that's what I, I love. I'd love to see that kind of interaction with pay people to do jobs, and it would mean something because you'll be valuable. Ah, I, I don't know. Okay, um, we will go to uh, Kai first, and then we'll we'll drop in on Kurgle, and then Shan, and then Silverine. So that's that's the next few people. <laughs> so they've already explicitly stated in the forum post that we're getting a player economy. We're getting player to player trading. They said word for word, we set the prices for the commodities traded in the market on the fleet carrier. The only question here. The only room for question here can be, is there any unstated limiters that they're going to put where they say, hey, you can only buy this for within this range? So th- this this isn't to me, this is not even a question. We're getting a player economy like it's done. And I don't think that people have really wrapped their heads around what that can mean as far as really cool new ways that you can play the game. I want to see mercenary corporations. I want to see explorers that find a ringed water world and say, I'm going to sell this off to the highest bidder that you can get the uh, first map by location and you're going to pay me X amount of credits. There's, there's just a staggering amount of possibilities that can come from this. Kegel, do you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe I'm being cynical, but I think that it will be a credit-based economy purely because 
they don't really mean anything anymore. So I think that's what I think that's the easiest thing for Frontier to allow commanders to profit off one another is using the credit system. I don't think it will be a new resource or some other um, or some other thing. Right. Um, okay. Back to Shan then. Yeah, I was listening into the conversation regarding player-driven economies and things like that, and I just can't get away from my experiences in other games that have had a player-driven economy, or didn't have one, sorry, and then allowed players to create one. And unless you have control over the currency and stop it being generated at random, and basically you need someone who's an economist to oversee the economy of an online game to be able to nerf and change the shape of the economy to stop this hyperinflation and things like that. Because if you just tag it on, particularly if, as I expect the system to be, just to be you're allowed to set the prices in about within certain bounds and that's it, you're soon going to get a situation where there's going to be an awful lot of people who have lost their fleet carriers because they can't afford to pay the debt because they, you know, <laughs> all the money's been frittered away. And then you'll get the first people who get a carry in a system who will then just make loads of riches and never need to play again. So I, I'm just not sure whether the player-driven economy that we're talking about will be as fully featured and as fleshed out as it needs to be. And I'll, I'll just throw this one in there as a thought. If we're getting base building, it will be a logical extension to whatever the mechanics they have for fleet carriers to extend to base building. Right. Um, on to tracks then. Have you got something? Uh, well, just sort of directly to that, like, uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be some people who get their fleet carriers uh, impounded or whatever because they can't pay the upkeep, but it wouldn't be much of a game if it didn't have a way for you to fail at it, right? So I think there, it, it's, this has to be something that with proper management can probably be good for your commander and with poor management it could become uh i don't know what they're gonna you know the up, you can't pay the upkeep and it ends up uh repossessed or decommissioned decommissioned is what they said yeah something to that effect right yes they, they did yeah so th i mean that that's what I'm, i mean yeah you could you could all turn up in the same system and try to undercut each other and race to the bottom of of a commodities market or something like that, or you could try to spread out, or you could try to jump in and, and jump system to system and be ahead of it. I mean, who knows what's what's going to happen? But if everybody can have one, then everybody who has five billion credits can have one and take their hand, you know, try their hand at at managing it, right? And hopefully they can maintain whatever the upkeep turns out to be. And if they can't, they can't. And I assume that's when it would fail. And who knows what happens then? I guess. Okay, I mean, one thing that um, people have been wondering about is if, if you are able to set up your own player market, is this going to ups upset the the BGS? You know, you could you could turn up with your fleet carrier and just flood a market with with goods in favour of one faction or another. Do you think that's that's going to cause problems? I mean, is it going to be a help for the truckers? Okay, Kai. I, I don't see any way that this could not uh, sort of create chaos with within regards to BGS. Of course it is. You're going to be – fleet carriers are 
at a very minimum, by their definition, a force multiplier. So yes, it's going to create chaos. But where you can pull harder to the left, there's going to be people on the other side that can now pull harder to the right. In the end, it'll be a wash. Fair enough, Shan. I and just and again, we'll wait to see what happens with them beating and stuff like that. But I think the mechanics that we're talking about are going to be more advanced than what we're going to be offered in the, at the moment. And if if they are more, if we're basically only going to get player-to-player trading light, then I my cost-benefit analysis of having a, a carrier probably sways towards, I'm going to keep your money, thank you very much, because the, the risk of falling foul of the limited mechanics is greater than the effort it takes to obtain the carrier so I, I again we'll wait and see but i think it will be a lot less advanced than we think because they're not putting on an entire management game on top of this then it's not going to be as complicated as a full-blown because frontier game. have no experience in putting on management games do they no but even no. But even their management games are quite simplistic compared to what would be needed for this and that okay. and they took them years to make anyway, Right, Olivia. Oh no, hang on. Did I say no? Sorry, Mac first, then Olivia. Yeah. In terms of the BGS, I you mentioned the truckers, and I think I think what will really benefit the truckers is the uh, the plan to replace the free anaconda at Hutton Orbital with a free fleet carrier. <laughs> Have a fleet carrier turn up next to Hutton Orbital and call it the free anaconda. That would solve so many problems. <laughs> but only sell sidewinders. Olivia? <laughs> so I think the question of um, whether the um, the fleet carriage, carriage will affect the local BGS or the system really depends on whether you can align your fleet carrier to a particular faction in that system. If, and I'm not sure if they're going to implement that. Um, we'll have to see, really. And just generally, like... Um, generally, most most um, elite games with features and mechanics that we have in the game do influence the BGS in some way. In some way, passenger missions, like BGS benefits and whatnot. But they they they're never they're usually independent and isolated. And I think with the peak, with the player driven economy coming up, like like some of you folks have shared, I think they wanna I think they wanna isolate um, further from other mechanics. Okay, um, Severine. Thanks. Okay, so uh, this is a question, and um, it's aimed at anybody who's played memos with player-driven economies, or actually just just people with more imagination and foresight than me. Um, my understanding of fleet carriers is that some players, a small percentage of players, are going to be able to afford a mega ship and will be able to set the prices of commodities on the commodities market. Genuine question: Can anybody? Give me some examples of what kind of emergent effects that might have, and how much chaos that might create. Because I can't, I, I, I'm struggling to imagine any, and, I, and I'm sure that that's because I'm lacking in imagination and experience. Well, one of the things that occurs to me is that um, if you have a fleet carrier and you have a, an organisation, you can limit to only to people of that organisation. Surely that then becomes. Um, a mobile base for that organization so you could have things like player pirate bases and they've got somewhere that they could sell their goods to for a reasonable amount 
So all of a sudden, actually having pirate fleets turning up in uh, in a system might play a pirate fleets rather turning up in a system could be quite scary what because so, because it'll entice loads of people to come and sell goods at their mega ship because it's got the best prices um well yeah because it's safe to to sell them at the mega ship it's not safe to sell it at the station mm, yeah potentially interesting ramifications in terms of jurisdiction for goods and stuff yeah I'm, I'm, that's not an economic impact though i'm specifically interested in in what kind of crazy economic emergent behavior might we might see as a result of you know i'm slightly i'm slightly skeptical of this being equivalent of a full player driven economy um i'm I'm, you know what we're talking about is is commodities markets on mega ships that a few players will own like five or six percent of players will own so I'm, i'm i'm curious as to how how much chaos that could create and what sort of fun effects we might see and and okay. and of of the panel, those of you who have got experience with these games or or are just more clued up than me, I'd I'd love to hear some some examples of what could happen. Well, I mean, I don't. I know that um, the player driven economy game that I know the most was Star Wars Galaxies, and I'm quite sure that um, Kurgle will agree with me that it was a fantastic system, but you had to keep playing. As soon as you stop playing, or something came along, say oh, I don't know, a new era, <laughs> new game engine, or a new player experience, then uh, that was it. It was kind of um, <clears throat> dead in the water. Yeah. yeah okay. Also, specifically with that game, the whole game was designed from the ground up to revolve around a player economy, rather than it being sort of brought in later or uh, a modification. They actually swung away from it rather than towards it. Hmm. Interesting. Shan, have you got something on this one? Well, I was thinking about um, MMOs and the systems they use, early MMOs. I mean, we'll mention Star Wars Galaxies, but also Lord of the Rings Online. They had the concept of upkeep and things like that. And But as MMOs evolved and grew, they dropped the upkeep um, system altogether. And what they also did is they allowed any player to set up their own market. So I'm thinking, I mean, I think Aeon was the first one I played that allowed you to set up a store, but Guild Wars 2, yes, of course, I have to mention that one, but Guild Wars 2, and even Age of Conan, you could right-click and you could just sell any item from the inventory and you set a price and off it went and you paid a small fee to put on the auction house. So you don't need a fleet carrier, but again, the whole system was designed around having a player-driven economy, and the players set the prices for things. Now, what would really set the cat amongst the pigeons is if you could set the prices of modules and ships in the shipyard or outfitting on your fleet carrier, because then that really would swing things up. Again, I'm just really nervous that the systems that we are, what we are thinking are going to be way in advance of what's actually in there. And it, it makes me worried. <laughs> oh, damn. Right. Um, Kai, you can have the last word on this before we take a ad break. All right. So Souverine's looking for mayhem. Here comes your mayhem, Suv. Two things. First, you guys just said in the what you're doing this week that you're pushing with your uh, Sagittarius I faction into another area, but you don't know if the feds are going to push back. I run a Merc Corp. 
that has, you know, 15 or 20 combat pilots or has a bunch of hut and truckers or has whatever it is that you need. You contact me, make some kind of arrangement, and I show up to your fleet carrier and buy one, uh, you buy one ton of bio waste off of me for 10 billion credits. And then me and my guys show up and cause havoc on your enemies. Uh, that's part one. Part two is we have to keep in mind that all of this is, I believe, a test bed. They're starting things up and this is being done. We're going into the baby steps of what we can do with the new era, with what, you know, if base building is coming, which has been so heavily speculated, I think that's going to be tied to production. And if you start now with baby steps on a prior private economy, uh, then you can see sort of how it's going to go and figure it out over the next six months so that you can really launch it hard in December with uh, production facilities. Right. Well, um, I'm sorry, Mac. I'm sorry, Shan. We're going to draw a line under it here. Uh, and we're going to go to a advert break. And uh, uh, after that, we're going to come back to look at what the uh, fleet carrier could bring um, to exploration. Space can be lonely, but sometimes that's just what you want. Choose your holiday, the gas giants of Alioth, partying the night away in your Philon Aquila, or even go back and find your ancestors on Earth. The Rockforth Corporation makes your holiday special. And will let nothing disturb you. public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will, but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. One, fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. Two, note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. Three, if you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. Four, Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Live radio. It's even louder than me. Wait a minute. I can't be right. On the far side of the bubble... On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank Really, really big. What do you want? I want 
Fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish. Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabait, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat. Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw. Hooma, hooma, nooka, nooka, wappa, wappa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. And welcome back. Now, um, we've discussed basically the trade with um, fleet carriers. We've we've discussed um, uh, the rebuy or the decommissioning of, uh, of fleet carriers. One thing we haven't touched on so far tonight has been this massive jump range and also what effect it has on exploration. Now, Olivia is uh, here representing... Um, two of the most successful expeditions we've had, which has been Distant Worlds. So um, as far as exploration, Olivia, is concerned, what's getting you, is is there anything that's getting you excited about this? Or um, do you have questions? Um, a, a little column A, a little of uh, column B. You know, okay. I'm really excited. Uh, personally, I'm really excited to be carriers because it's been... Well, how, how long has it been? It's been a year since Fleet Carriers has been um, announced. And this was... More actually, like, but... Olivia, <laughs> Fleet Carriers yeah. were originally, originally announced at Frontier Expo back in 2017. Yes, it was, exactly. And it was amazing because it felt like the, um, the realisation of a green we had in the first edition world was where you know we had too much fun and we wanted to be an, an eternal fleet, travelling the galaxy forever, never coming you know, mm-hmm. we had a taste of that with Colonial. We had a taste of that with um, the um, hull repair modules and whatnot that, that could allow that. But now we have a, a, a possibility of a fleet carrier that we could, I mean, it, it depends. There's so many ifs and, and whatnot that we have to find out when we see the screen. But it has the potential to to realize that dream, to be like the Quarians, as it were. Now... Yeah, sorry. Um, do you want to say something before I carry on? <laughs> no, no, fine. We're, we're, we're quite enjoying the enthusiasm here. Yeah, I mean, I, I really love this idea. This, is, this, um, this really brings me back. Um, but yeah, um, beyond that, beyond that dream, um, a bunch of more, more practical people than I um, from Fleetcom have, have a new initiative that they want to try out, depending on whether it's feasible. And it's called the Deep Space Support Array. And <laughs> I hope that question otherwise. <laughs> yeah, so the idea is the um, the idea is that Fleetcom, it's an initiative by Fleetcom, wants mm-hmm. to position uh, fleet carriers in specific locations in every region of the galaxy. So so basically you would fly a fleet carrier out to each individual quadrant and that will be your basis for exploration. Yes, it's it's a way to like uh, allow you to find a a safe harbor as it were, anywhere in the galaxy to uh, sell your data, get repairs, and whatever you want. You know, just take a breather. You know, talk to mm-hmm. people who are dark there with you. Right. Um so the I mean the five hundred light year jump range that's going to uh, enable you to actually reach some places that 
we've not been able to reach before, isn't yes. it? Because there's a whole load of stars at the top of the, the galaxy that um, people can't get to. Yes, I think I have a quote somewhere around here, around like 3,900 um, light, 3, light years above of the plane that we can reach now. Yeah, right. that should be doable. Excellent. Right. Um, we'll, we'll start going around the, the rest of the crew to, to get their thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Shan first. Why the little laugh before you ask me? Um, yeah, I, I, again, I'm very curious to see how it will benefit exploration, um, namely around the refueling mechanic. Because yes, if you need a thousand Sorry, tons of tritium just to make it jump, then it's going to be a little bit onerous to mine all that all the way to Beagle Point to reach these out of the way places. And and the the second thing. I'm curious to know is they talk about a a cooldown time between jumps. How long is the cooldown? Because it, in my mind, and again, this is my my min max thinking, is if it's slower to get from the point where I want to be um, from where I am than it is in a fleet carrier than it is to do a normal jump. I.e., let's say it takes me a week to do. 2,000 light years in a fleet carrier because I have to wait and refuel, wait and refuel, then for exploration, the fleet carrier is, 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 is worthless because I may as well jump the 2,000 light years in my anaconda, get there in 10 minutes, and whatnot. So it needs to be really finely balanced between uh, time and benefit. And at the moment, I don't know what that equation is, but Right. Um, well, I will say one thing to your, th- your to your issue. Even if it does take extra time, you can't jump sixteen of your ships the same distance oh, you as, want a fleet carrier in, uh, uh, as a fleet carrier in five hundred light years. Well, so, if you, you get your anaconda out there, you'll then how do you get back to get the rest of your ships up that far? Why would you want to? Well, that's the whole purpose of a fleet carrier: is to carry fleets. Anyway, um, we'll quickly move on to uh, Kai. So to answer your question, Shan, why if it takes longer? Because you can't jump 200 light years in your anaconda. You can't do it if it's if from one star to the next, if there's no place in between that you can go. If you need a spot that actually jumps 300 light years in one jump. You can't do that in a year in your Anaconda. You need a fleet carrier to do that. And as far as why would you want to? Well, let's say that out in the coal 70 sector, some new spots open up that we can get to now. And once we get out there, we find that we need some vets and some stuff that, I don't know, fight Thargoids. That's a situation where you're going to want all of your other ships. Uh, I wouldn't care, to be honest. I would think, well, I'll. <laughs> if it takes me six weeks to get to do one jump, then no. Um, I'll, no, you're Shan, not listening. You can't Shan, do that I don't, jump in an anaconda. I don't think they'll be doing six weeks for one jump. That would, uh, They're not that stupid. They're not going to say, right, okay. I said uh, six weeks to get there. I didn't say one jump. <laughs> no, but you didn't, you didn't hear what I said, Shan. What I said was, if you need to jump from point A to point B and there's nothing in between and that range is, say, 212 light years, I could give you a year. You can't get there in your anaconda, but a fleet carrier can in one jump. Again, I would say I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't. Well, I let someone else get there. 
Well, that's what explorers do. They go where other people have not been able to go before, hence exploration. <laughs> okay. Before before this gets a little <laughs> bit more tense, we'll just jump over to Mac. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the whole thing with the, uh, f- the whole fleet carrier thing, think of it now. You want to move to Colonia. Um, it's... Just shipping one ship using the ship transfer method. Um, if I went out there in my Superman Max Anaconda and I wanted to bring my Imperial Cutter out there, just to ship my Cutter is like 1.6 billion or something like that. Um, however, if I've got a fleet carrier, I can move my whole fleet at once. So uh, you might want more than one ship. You might want one ship to do a specialized sort of thing so you might you you know and just on on just on a general expedition you might want one ship to do one thing and another ship to do another thing so you might want to take one of your small ships along for having canyon races or whatever and one of your big ships for mining and then something with a good jump range to get to the places other beers won't reach um, but there's also there's also those clusters. Of, for instance, the Anaconda Graveyard, which is currently on. Well, you can get there, but you can't get back. Um, you'll be able to get back now, and I suspect within a day of fleet carriers being released, all those systems will be fully explored because there'll be people jockeying for position to get to those places. Literally, the moment the update drops. But yeah, it's it's forgetting places for, for the exploration angle of it. It's forgetting places you just can't normally get to, um, and also the convenience of bringing a whole boatload of chips with you. Okay, Jane uh, tracks. Uh, yeah, so I I think you know the the announcement that there's. Uh, a del- there's a what a, a delay or a cooldown or something something to slow its jumping besides just its fuel consumption we don't know how much the fuel consumption is yet we don't know how long the cooldowns and stuff are but mentioning the cooldowns kind of to me spoils that it can't possibly be as fast as doing something in a ship so you're not going to use this to move quickly across the galaxy um, which is, I feel like, what everybody got excited about, you know, 500 light years, um, which I didn't understand. But now, and I'm, I'm seeing, and other people have said to me as well, and you guys are saying it here, like, it's about reaching those places that are more than the 245 max jump range or whatever on, on my Anaconda and bringing multiple ships there. And that seems like... It seems like it would and should be very onerous to do, but obviously someone other than Shan will want to do it, right? So, um, is, so, so what else? I'm I'm very curious. Like, what else is going to be going on besides, or is, is there anything else that's going to be going on besides parking them at strategic locations, which seems very cool, like way out locations, and then being able to have them? I mean, they have we know they have repair docks and things like that. If you can put those on them. Um, stuff like that in places so now the players can choose where essentially a station is instead of having to have it be built at beagle point with a a massive undertaking including fdev and stuff like that Um, but all these things are not going to be quick and snappy right you know no matter how long this cooldown is it's not going to be as fast as your ship or there'd be no point to there being a cooldown um you know weeks is is silly um probably I mean, it can't it can't be even as slow as the weekly server tick. Um, no. 
I, I would, you know, otherwise there would be no point in saying you can jump them whenever you want. So it has to be something on the order of less than a day for that to be a reasonable thing to say. Right. Um, there's also, just before we carry on, uh, just a quick show of hands. How many people here think that it's going to be just one jump and then you have to re uh, to uh, basically refuel the whole thing? Yeah, I reckon, I, I reckon it'll be so, so I do, completely do, disagree. Probably you, like you just, right. Olivia disagrees. I disagree. Um, I, I do not. I Mac think disagrees. it'll be one jump and just spend, but I hope it won't be. Right. That would be well, crappy gameplay. Here's maximum jump, yeah. But like ships, if you go less than maximum jump, then you can do another. Here's why I strongly disagree with the idea that 500 light years is the full jump. If 500 light years was the full jump range, and like, and that's as far as you could go. Then it would be. Do you mean fuel the, the full fuel capacity? Correct. Then it would be pretty yeah. pointless to have a cooldown period. The fact that there's a cooldown period to me indicates that you can do multiple jumps, but you're going to have to wait that cooldown period. It's a mechanic they put in there. You wouldn't have to put that mechanic in there if you had to make the jump and then go for two or three hours of uh, farming up uh, tritium to jump again. Uh, yeah, you would. exactly. You could easily have a jump range of 500 light years and a cooldown on each jump. You can, you can make a jump and it'll, it, it can be anything under 500 light years and then you've got to wait four hours before you make the next one. They could easily that, implement that. that. That is a possibility. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would defeat the purpose of, of the fleet carrier if you couldn't jump it at least once a day. Um, it would it, Then you might as well go with Shannon as Anaconda. But the the main fact is that the the fleet carrier has got two advantages. It's supposed to be able to get somewhere reasonably quickly and take a huge amount of other ships with it as well, under your control. Or oh, sorry, executive control. They've said executive control quite a lot. Um, now, there's an interesting thing. Do you think a fleet carrier will be able to outrun the Gnosis? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Because so, so it's slower than a ship. Yeah, it's slower than a ship, but it's faster than 16 ships. Do you think the Gnosis will turn into a fleet carrier? No. Well, now that is interesting. Nope. No, I no. wonder what the they are going to do with the existing right. ones. The, the Gnosis is a pre-existing thing. There's, there's no reason for them to change what it already is. Right. Um, Shan, do you want to jump in there? You'll be yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking on the refueling aspect. I originally said, yes, I think you'd have to refuel every time, but I'm not so sure. Maybe you, ha you, you need a really big gas tank and get you do your 500 light years. And if your jumps use up the 500 light years, then you need to refuel it. But if you do 10, 50 light year jumps, then that's okay. The other question is, is yes, we know you use tritium, but how common is this going to be? Because tritium being an isotope of hydrogen, I imagine is everywhere, and you could probably get it actually from fuel scooping the sun in real life. Um, but you talk about doing these big jumps, when well, you're going to have to make sure you have enough tritium in your carrier to do two jumps at every time, just in case you're there and can't get back. Because that would be really sucky, wouldn't it? You don't yeah. 500 light years. There, there is a challenge for back. the fuel rats. The fuel rats will have to have their own fleet carrier to refuel everybody. So, so I think we yeah. should have a competition right now. 
a competition right now. What would you? That's the community question for this for this after um, for this show. The community question for this show is: the fuel rats will need a fleet carrier. What do you think it should be called? Uh, I think it should be the SS. We've got fuel, and you don't. Any questions? <laughs> It's the community question, so we're going to we're going to put that one out to people later. The buttered um, beaver. <laughs> the what? The buttered beaver. That sounds naughty. Yes. That sounds like something Ben would say. It's not. You guys have no, filthy minds. No, I just, you, I just you, meant a beaver, an animal, the mammal covered in butter, the buttered beaver. Because that is the question. Because you need to store a, a thousand light years of tritium if you're going exploring with it, because you need to make sure you've always got a reserve to come back to. So You're presuming it's a one-to-one light-year to ton of tritium? No, I'm not. I'm saying you need to have enough room for a thousand light-years. So even if it's, five, if it's 50 tons of tritium, and you need to then have another 50 tons of tritium. Whatever it is, you need to store double of it to make sure you can get back if you're going to do this big Hail Mary yeah. jump into the Abyss. Yeah. Can I, <laughs> can I just point something out in response to the, what Shan was saying about like what would be the point of all of this? But life in general or, or just fleet No, carriers? when he was talking about like, well, why would you want to take this stuff? Why would you want to whatever? I think you have to look at everything that's being announced in context. And the context to me is, I mean, obviously we've heard, you know, Okay, that the new era, the the big leak thing is going to be you've got base building and you've got fort or whatever Thargoid shooting, first person shooting with Thargoid. The only way that third per- first person shooting with Thargoids happens is if there's some continuation of the entire storyline of of our interactions with the Thargoids. So if if the if that's leak is true, which maybe it's not, in which case then this point is invalid. But if it is true and there's something to going on with the Thargoids, then they just gave us a tool that lets us take a fleet full of our combat ships to faraway places that we couldn't take before easily. And we know there's a whole Cole 70 sector that's locked off. What if the ramp up to this new era is they start to unlock some of that stuff and now there's no human bases anywhere out there, but we do have these new mobile bases that we can take all our stuff down there and have lots of fun. Just a thought. Uh, and you can let players know about this in-game now? Well, you can't let them know in-game. Can we go, actually, Olivia has been waiting quite patiently with, a, with several dots, so can we just jump over to, to what she's got to say? Sorry, my, my comment was aged ago when we were still talking about the analysis and my day will be converted into a fleet carrier. <laughs> it's hardly relevant now. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll let you get on with it. <laughs> no, my comment was, was with Gauna ending, the scenario that was just said kind of dies because there's no, you need Gauna back out to do that. And why can't they take Garnet back up whenever they want to do this? There's no reason they can't. They, I bet you they can spin Garnet up in half an hour's time if they've got something to say. Yeah, absolutely second that. Right, well, so, so far we've, we've, we've covered the basics, I think. And obviously this Thursday um, we're going to get an awful lot more information and hopefully um, it might even reassure some of, of, of Shan's worries. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, so what we're going to do 
is, is we will move on to some of the community news which has been happening over the last week. Um, the first thing to discuss is um, we've had uh, the latest updates from the Anti-Xeno Initiative. Um, they can be found with Commander Asava Su's YouTube channel. Uh, he's covering cold orbiting, Thargoid damage, and a new uh, Anti-Xeno ACE. They are covering their equivalent of fleet carriers and what they're looking forward to. Um, the Operation IDA, or IDA, uh, repairs are continuing on Revan Hub in, oh my goodness, what is the name of this system? Prygengen? Good luck. I have no idea if that's how it's pronounced, but um, <laughs> uh, they, they're, that is their, I think, 110th station they're repairing. It, they're going through them at a phenomenal rate now that that bug's been fixed. Um, we also have to uh, wave hello to Commander Ascobius, who, with his uh, fellow broadcast crew, his broadcast crew rather, and have done a new elite animation video called Go Home, You Drunk. Uh, <laughs> has anybody else seen this? No, but I look forward to it. Norman, do you have the Lavian Brandy song? I want to listen to it after the show now. <laughs> Not only is it amazing, but Scorb is actually already working on his next little project on that line. Awesome. I love his videos. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that... I mean, it's a fantastic piece of work, the way he's managed to get the animation uh, and effectively space legs into his, his videos. I think, I think that's phenomenal. Um, I mean, it, it's him, Turgen, and... Um, Quite a few others, isn't it? To, uh, Turgeon, Machine One, Tokoso, and Down to Earth Astronomy um, all, all contribute to it. So uh, <laughs> we, we heartily recommend it. Um, uh, yes, and uh, one final thing to mention um, I've gone and uploaded something, uh, which is the way back when does anybody remember uh, an elite fiction kickstarter called elite chronicles Baby. it was one of the 10 original yeah there were 10 fiction packs that were sold as part of the original kickstarter uh, one of which was elite chronicles now according to uh, frontier a book did got so, did get submitted but um, nothing was uh, published but uh, I have put up on the uh, on the forums and, and we'll put the location in the show notes uh, of the fur of the chapters that I submitted to that project because no one else is going to see them now so um, so I put them up on the forums for everybody to read and that is as if people know what the sanctimonious stories are that's where they started so um, uh, just have a read while you're all locked in your rooms and enjoy so um, right now obviously our community question is we're going to stick with uh, what do you want the uh, fuel rats to call their um, their fleet carrier uh, rat so you can ratatouille <laughs> the big cheese basil the ratatouille I was thinking death of rats from Discworld so, Colin can I just quickly interject here I think Scorb heard us and he's actually just come in and he's reading us just now. Oh, Scorb is um, reading us. Yeah, Scorb is reading us, and it is obviously all his fault, all TJ's. Oh, yeah, it's all TJ's fault. Yeah. Hi, Scorb. Nice of you to join us. We were just talking about you. <laughs> we were saying nice things. We were, talk we were saying very nice things uh, about go home, you're drunk. 
<laughs> and Lavian Brandy. I like Lavian Brandy. That's to- that's Commander Tucker, so who did that? Ratty McRatface. Let's 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 just <laughs> say we're we're going to ban Ratty McRatface. <laughs> Scorpius actually did on a serious note put out a another really nice video of like kind of telling people, hey, if you're stuck home with COVID-19, here are some things to do to kind of keep yourself mentally strong and sane and happy. So check that out too. Right. That's um, that's good. Um, have you got a link to that so that we can put them in the show notes? I will absolutely get you a link for that. <laughs> right. Um, well, before I uh, carry on, I think... Um, I'm just going to go around the uh, the crew and see if there's anybody who's got any other business that they just want to quickly bring up before I, I head off with the, with the shout-outs and close off the show. Nothing I've got me. one thing that I want to kind of bring up. In okay, then. I feel a lot of this storm in the teacup has come because certain press agencies are given emails from Frontier in advance, and can't actually read the freaking email, put out half the information, and then Frontier wind up in the situation where, they, where they're where they in. Whereas, I bet you, all these press agencies were told, please don't say anything until Thursday, guys, because that's when the information's coming out. And instead, they just can't fucking read, sending everything out and putting the whole community going, what the fuck's going on here? don't know that, but that's what it feels like to me. Um, the Gama Sutra thing is specifically read like it was a copy and paste of a Frontier press release. And obviously a large part of that press release is, please watch our stream on Thursday. If only journalists could have the integrity of Sagittarius I journalists, we'd all be in such a better place. Amen. <laughs> here. here. Okay, Shan, you've got any other business? Yeah, I was about to say, I, I kind of know I've been a bit of a, a worry war or concerned person about fleet carriers today and I'm, I'm trying to ask the questions that I hope they answer on Thursday and my my overriding thought is they really have to nail this because we've waited for two years or more for fleet carriers it's been delayed at least a couple of times and if it's done right then, as Kai's been saying, it could be transformational. However, if it's done imperfectly, or there's some bug or something like that, it could really damage how people perceive the, uh, the 2020 update to be. And I think that's where my concerns are coming from, is it has to be nailed on perfect. Well, what, what I would say to that is that I think that's the reason why they've got these two beaters. The, normally we only have one beta and it's reasonably short you know a couple of weeks i think this time they're 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 taking it serious that it get it comes out right which is why we've got two and this 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 does feel major to me i also hope there are proper betas in which they actually do you know the focus feedback forums and stuff like that i really hope they take player feedback and change design decisions if that's what it takes to get it right. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll have more to discuss probably next week when the when we've got a lot more of that information. So, um, anybody else? I hope the sugar bus of Shap Sugar Bus comes back. 
Kai, you've got a quick thing. Yeah, uh, I just want to read out a tweet that I made the other day. Spoiled Gamer, why do devs never give us new stuffs? Devs, have some new stuffs. Tell you all the details next week. Spoiled Gamer, who needs info? I don't need to know what it is. I don't like it. Outrage. Devs, I should have listened to my mom and become an accountant. Okay, uh, Olivia, <laughs> can you your final words? My final words, um... Uh, fleet fleet climb is tentatively excited for fleet for fleet carriers, and we'll see what happens next week. Okay, right. Um, so we're just gonna we'll do our usual uh, shout outs. We have been following the hot mess by the uh, left behind by the the Hutton truckers truckers. Um, if you want to know how that's going, head to https hot.forthemug.com slash hot-mess. Now, at the moment, they have managed to deliver 50,191 of 55,402 mugs. So they are almost there. 90.59% of, of all stations now have a mug. 10 commanders have delivered more than a 1,000 mugs to individual stations. Those 10 commanders must be absolute nut jobs. <laughs> no doubt. You'll be able to find out more about this at our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight, um, British summertime now. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. As usual, we can we will give a shout out to uh, the Elite Dangerous CQC Discord. So for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC, all one word, uh, where you'll be able to find a decent CQC match quite quickly. I know that they've been... Um, uh, lighting up my um, uh, Discord for most most of the night. It's quite active tonight for some reason. Um, and we would just like to thank everybody who has chipped in on the Twitch chat. And uh, has anybody actually seen any in-game commanders flying by? Yeah, Miggles is actually here in the wing with Kurgle and I just now while we're cleaning up uh, Leasty, actually. <laughs> as, you, as you're flying through the Leasty. Well, we're doing pew pew in Leasty. Excellent. Um, I take it that we will be hearing from the most excellent Commander Wotherspoon after after the show. Yes, so yes, Galnet uh, news will be on after the show. And we, let me um, recommend that um, Commander Wotherspoon also does this powerful people um, podcast or section which you'll find on his, his YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> he, he's doing each of the power play um, leaders, and I must admit they are just as insightful and interesting as the, uh, the Galnet News articles themselves. So that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at at laveradio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to hang, uh, <laughs> come out to hang out and chat, where you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. 
Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Wave Radio is recorded live on Tuesday evening at 8.30 British Summertime and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to, and I'm taking a deep breath because we've got a lot of people here, um, thanks to Olivia, thanks to Mac, thanks to JN Tracks, thanks to Kai Zen, thanks to uh, Ed Levice, thanks to Shan, thanks to Kurgle, thanks to Silverine, and thanks very much to Commander Ventura for all his technical genius. So, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? Galnet News Digest, 31st of March, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, fleet carrier announcement announced. What's a fleet carrier? But is there a downside? Fleet carrier announcement announced. Just as an extra little treat, um, we're going to allow squadrons to purchase their own fleet carriers. So these are, yeah. (laughs) These really large vessels, um, these really large dockable vessels um, are going to act as a mobile base of operations for squadrons where its members can uh, refuel, uh, rearm and respawn. In October 3303, the Pilots' Federation announced that a brand new type of ship, the Fleet Carrier, would become available by the end of 3304. This turned out to be optimistic. In July 3305, 
the Pilots' Federation announced that fleet carriers would be available to buy by the end of the year. They even showed some video of fleet carriers flying about. This also turned out to be optimistic. Now, nearly two and a half years after the original announcement, the people behind the Coriolis Starport, Brewer Corporation, has announced that it'll be announcing the long-awaited availability of fleet carriers within the next week, not on April Fool's Day, but the following day, April the 2nd. Fleet carriers will be available to test drive five days later, on the 7th of April, and will eventually become available to own in June, a mere 32 months after they were first announced. Although this remains subject to further change. Now we know why Commander Dav Stott has that big red button in his surface base. What is a fleet carrier? What exactly is one of these newfangled fleet carriers and why would you want to buy one? Well, it's your own mobile space station with 16 landing pads. You can invite your friends and your squadron members to park up and enjoy the facilities and possibly you can even open the carrier up to all commanders. You can jump around the galaxy taking all your ships and friends with you as long as you have enough tritium fuel, which you can either buy or mine from asteroids. If you have enough tritium, you can jump an amazing 500 light-years at a time, although your fleet carrier will need to rest between jumps, as they're quite a lot of effort for such a huge ship. Tritium will not be available for purchase using arcs, however. If paint jobs are available for fleet carriers, they're likely to require an awful lot of paint, so arcs will still come in handy. According to unconfirmed leaks, commanders will be assisted by a crew in running their interstellar behemoth. They'll be able to customise their fleet carrier by fitting modules such as ship repair facilities, refuelling and shipyards. Will it be possible to station a fleet carrier at Beagle Point and then summon a ship from the bubble using the shipyard? We'll need to wait and see. But is there a downside? Fleet carriers are not the cheapest chip you can buy. In fact, they're reassuringly expensive. Given their amazing flexibility and utility, we're sure that discerning commanders will understand the premium price Brewer Corporation chooses to apply to these ships, the ultimate stasis symbol, a space station of one's very own. Fleet carriers come at a starting price of 5 billion credits, with additional customizations available at extra cost. If Sir wants a walnut veneer on the flight console, no doubt it can be arranged, and of course Sir will not be concerned by the slight additional fee. In addition to the 5 billion credit initial outlay, sources say that there will be weekly running costs, including wages for the crew, maintenance fees resulting from wear and tear, and the cost of the tritium fuel. If you run into debt because of all these running costs, and we mean really seriously into debt, then you may find your fleet carrier being repossessed and the parts sold on Galbay. Will you get any of your money back? 
Many commandos have been walking in circles, wearing placards announcing the end of the world, because when you have only half the picture, well, why not assume the worst? On the plus side, fleet carrier owners will be able to set the buying and selling prices of commodities bought and sold on their ship, and can apparently also set tariffs so they may be able to offset the cost of their fleet carrier, or even make a healthy profit. Imagine a mining support carrier 20,000 light-years from civilization. How much of a premium could you gain from all that painite, ice diamond and void opals? From these pristine rings, by buying low from the miners and selling high when you get back to the bubble. Commanders have never before been able to trade with each other, except through clumsy cargo drops and collector limpets. Could fleet carriers finally be the vehicle that enables easy, efficient and secure inter-commander trading? All will be revealed at 6pm Galactic Mean Time on Thursday the 2nd of March 3306. Unless it all gets delayed again. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. 